This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. This is a solo show. I'm James Boyd. Sorry. If you miss Rich, you have to tune in in a couple weeks. He's not here. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll try to entertain you. I probably got a good 90 minutes in me. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, I actually wrote out a, a spreadsheet, or not a spreadsheet, but a, a show list. So I'm going to basically actually host and really do it this time as opposed to when I call in and say, hey, welcome everybody. And Rich basically runs the show from there. I'm actually going to do it on my own. So what I list and uh, we're going to go through it. Uh, give you off the top of the head, I'll just let you know what we're going to do. We're going to do Royal Rumble because I end up not um, doing the show until Thursday. Um, we're going to do AEW. We're going to do New Japan and we're going to do Stardom. Uh, New Japan and Stardom both have shows this weekend. Uh, New Japan in particular has a double set of shows in the New Beginning in Sapporo. Uh, Stardom has their 12th anniversary show, um, Supreme Fight 2023, and um, we're going to go through the Royal Rumble, we're going to talk a little bit about Kota Ibushi and all that, so let's just get into it. Um, the WWE Royal Rumble. WWE is often uh, talked about as far as, at its best, it has a top storyline running, and that kind of lifts all uh, boats in the ocean, if you will. And um, I thought that the Rumble match was one of the better Rumble matches they've ever done. And I thought that the main event angle was one of the better angles I've uh, I've seen from WWE in a long, long time. And uh, for those people that, are, um, that want quality up and down the car, similar to a Dynamite, similar to um, a Rampage, a Stardom, a New Japan Big Show... You're probably not going to get it, but WWE is taking care of the most important things right now, and they got themselves a hot angle at the top of the car with involving Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and the Usos and Kevin Owens. Um, as far as the direction where that goes from from now until um, WrestleMania remains to be seen, but um, they got the Royal Rumble winner right. They got a super hot angle um, involving Sami Zayn. And probably the Usos and the fallout from that. I'm sure people will tune in on uh, Friday to see. But um, they're doing something right right now. They're doing some. They're doing some things right right now. Um, so let's just get into the Rumble. General thoughts. Um, 
I felt like it was a two-match show. Um, I felt like you, you start from the opener, and you start from the main event, and the angle after the main event, and pretty much after that, you can, depending on what you're feeling on the final three, or for the closing down stretch of the Women's Rumble, that's kind of that's kind of your show right there. For four hours, it did not fill the time well. Um, I believe there was a time lag between the Women's Rumble until the bell actually rings for the main event the title match. I think there's just tons of like nearly a half hour of dead time um, of no action. It's just you know a performance from these people who no one gives a fuck about. Um, and Roman walked to the ring forever. And um, obviously it's a big stadium, but even by that standard, it was a long one for Roman. Um, people might have to start counting him. Uh, you know, people have long made jokes about Randy Orton and The Undertaker. Roman's right there. He's right there with him. He's right there with him. So um, let's get into it. Uh, Men's Rumble starts out with Gunther at number one. And he goes all the way to the end. Um, he starts off with uh, Sheamus. Then Miz gets in. They proceed to uh, the two European bruises. Then proceed to brutalize Miz. That was fun for a bit of time. Then um, number four, the counter goes off, and you hear it's a new day. Yes, it, yes, it is. And the crowd jumped to his feet and was hot. And I and I could feel like, oh, they think it's Big E. And I was like, oh no, it's not Big E. I just saw happened to see a video of Big E with the rest of New Day in Australia promoting something. Could remember what it was. And I saw no, I saw him and saw he is very small for what you are accustomed to seeing. Big E. Glad he was in a uh, good spirits. Glad he's with the guys. Glad he's able to travel and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think we're going to see him for a minute. Um, out came Kofi. And the crowd, the crowd came down, and then the crowd remembered, oh, yeah, we like Kofi, too. And then they started cheering for Kofi. So that was so, they were let down. They thought they were going to get Big E back. I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens. You know, it would suck if that was to end him, but um, in his career. But um, the crowd is ready to cheer him whenever he does come back, if he does come back. So it's good to know, at least. Um, next is Johnny Gargano. Um, Miz then gets eliminated. Uh, in comes Xavier. Uh, they didn't fall for it that time. They were like, uh, "No, nah, we we we, we kind of know that this won't be Biggie. Otherwise, y'all would not put any of them in. Y'all would have saved Biggie for last, obviously." Um, then out comes Karrion Cross. Uh, Gable McIntyre came in. That picked it up. That picked it up definitely. They eliminated Karrion Cross super quick, super quick. Um, in comes Santos Escobar. And there's one weird thing going through this Rumble is. You see who, like, the crowd is familiar with people's music or they're not. Or people have, have had music changes and they're not familiar. And, like, you can hear that delayed pop of We don't understand this. We don't know what this music is. recognize the music. And then they see the, the name on the graphic. And then they may pop. Um, like, a lot of people struggle with this. Karen Cross got no reaction. Johnny Gargano got a pathetic reaction. Um, if I remember correctly, Corbin got a pathetic reaction as well. Um, Angelo Dawkins came out after that. Um, Xavier gets eliminated. Um, in comes Brock. Brock, you know, Brock got the pop, of course. Big star out here to destroy everybody. Comes in, uh, I believe he eliminates Escobar, eliminates uh, Dawkins, uh, eliminates Gable. Um, then comes Bobby Lashley. Bobby gets Lesnar out. Um, stay tuned for WrestleMania. Um, I, 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 I would like to see them have a real match as opposed to that nonsense they had at day one last year. I want them to have a real slobber knocker. And um, when Brock was in there, the way he was throwing around Gunther and Sheamus and McIntyre, I, you know, 
I remember what happened to last year when they faced each other um, last year at day one. As long as they can figure out a way to get around the, the suplexes without, you know, dropping him on his head and dropping, and then he feels and he has to land on the shoulder, mess up his shoulder because of the suplexes. I think they have a great match, uh, but we'll see. And obviously, you know, you know how that goes when it comes to Brock Lesnar's motivation level at the time. Um, so Brock gets eliminated, and the outcomes Baron Corbin and no reaction. And then Brock just mauls him, just mauls him, kills him dead. Oh, uh, and that was fun, right? Like, this is a good use of someone that gets no pop, right? Just kill him. Cannon fodder. He was going to get eliminated anyway. Why not? Um, so, uh, he gets murdered. Uh, in comes Seth Rollins. Um, and I believe, like, correctly, like, right after, right after Seth comes in, then Corbin gets eliminated. Then in comes uh, Otis. Um... Otis picked on some weights his last time I seen him. Um, he's still strong as shit, but he got in the ring and um, he went to do. He set up for the the worm and um, he then decided not to. I don't know if it was a you know teasing the hill thing, like you know tease it and then eventually come back. He eventually did hit it eventually, but um, it was strange. Um, then hits Ray Mysterio's music and uh, nothing, and it was just interesting. It was like, okay, where is he? Um, and then you're thinking, okay. What is the setting up? What is the setting up? Um, Lashley gets eliminated. Uh, Otis gets eliminated. Um, and then, uh, I'm sorry, before Otis gets eliminated, out comes Dominic Mysterio. He's holding up Ray's mask. There's your story. Ray has been taken out by his own son, his own blood, his own seed. Um, and obviously, we find out a story later is that during the Dominic or the Ray Mysterio carrying cross match, Ray got hurt facing um, Karrion Cross. Hopefully, he you know he heals up. I don't know the severity of it, but um, it didn't sound like it was something that was going to make him miss much time or you know potentially miss WrestleMania. Because if if we end up missing a uh, Dominic versus Ray because of Karrion Cross, so we can get this done with, I can get see Ray doing exciting things opposed to like trying to carry and get over his sorry ass son. I may snap. And like that may be more of uh, venom and uh, vitriol and uh, disgust towards Karrion Cross on something that, you know, I don't even know what happened. But um, trust me, if that would have ruined it, we got to wait another year for Dominic versus Ray. I'd be very mad at Karrion Cross. Very mad. Um, so move on from there. Uh, we get Elias out. We get Elias quickly in and out. Um, out comes Finn Balor. <sighs> It's a remix, dark version of his old music. He's like, I haven't seen his gear of late. He's been wearing the same pants of late, but I didn't realize like there was a, there was like something hanging out the pocket. He has pockets on his pleather jean or pleather tight pants. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. Um, I believe he comes in and he eliminates Gargano. Gargano gets out of there. Gargano had been there for a minute, but he didn't do much of anything except for, you know, when you first get in and do your, you know, your, 30 seconds or, you know, 20 seconds before uh, the next uh, buzzer goes off. Um, then out comes Booker T. Booker T got the, the the pop. Texas guy comes out. Booker hair. He's out of there, man. He's he's already, he's like all the way down his back and everything. He looked in pretty good shape. Looked like he couldn't move, though. It, it was very reminiscent of, uh, of when you see Tanahashi these days. Couldn't really move, but um, got in there, did his thing, gave, you know, hook kicks. Um, a book in did a spinneroni and then they got him out of there. Um, nice little showing. I think he could do this for you know 
every so often. He's been doing this every so often. He could do it, you know, in three in three more years from now if he you know keeps it up. I think he's in good enough shape to keep that going. Um, in comes Damian Priest. Uh, then you get Montez Ford in. Ford gets eliminated. <sighs> um, I don't know, man. A year ago, it seemed like they were gonna give Montez Ford some type of you know push towards a singles thing. Um, just got in and out real quick. Um, out comes Edge. <laughs> Edge then quickly promptly eliminates Damian Priest, then Finn Balor, and then it's more or less him with uh, Dominic, and um, he sur- barely survives. Uh, but they end up uh, eliminating uh, Edge, and it leads to Balor and uh, and Edge and Damian brawling to the back. Out comes Rhea. Uh, they're off beating up on Edge. Then naturally out comes Beth. Beth lays out uh, Rhea. And then, uh, you know, Beth and Edge go to the backs after they have whooped the, uh, <laughs> I almost called them the Doomsday. Uh, I almost called them the Dark Order. I can blanking on their name right now. Oh my God, what's the name of that faction, this evil faction? Let Whatever, I can't remember right now. Right now they're Rhea's gang because she won the Rumble right now. And they get them out of there. And they uh, stood victorious over the part where they, you know, basically beat them like three on two or two on three. Um, then out comes Austin Theory, then Omus, then Braun. They do the Braun and Omus monster stare down. No one gave a shit because this is 2023. <laughs> uh, Braun gets rid of Omus. Uh, in comes Ricochet. Ricochet's the tag team partner of Braun, which I had learned during that show, and I was like, okay, this got to be some, you know, odd couple pairing. Uh, we'll, 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 I'll find out about it later. Um, at some point, uh, Gunther, he eliminates McIntyre and Sheamus, and then at 29, out comes Logan Paul, um, and he got booed. Big reaction, but they booed him, and this is part of the course. Like he's a guy that you know does really exciting things, and um, in the ring he he wrestles um, a very likable style. But he's a heel; he gets booed. That was in case in point with the Miz last year WrestleMania. Um, they may, they're gonna have to lean into it at some point, and I'm sure you know uh, as we'll get later to it, we'll talk about it with Seth in the potential WrestleMania match. But um, after that. Out comes Cody at number 30. Uh, you know, the person that people have been waiting for. Out comes Cody. Big Pyro. Um, crowd's losing their mind for him. They've really missed him. He's made a real impact in, you know, the few months he actually has been back in WWE. And you could tell that, like, you know, they see him at uh, the crowd sees him as, like, that's the top babyface in the promotion. Like, he has done a great job um, since he has left AEW and gone to WWE. And I think, you know, the idea where he was in control of everything he did, which worked to his downfall in AEW, when you were kind of pared down, sometimes people have too many ideas or, or um, too fast to move off of things or too fast to go through things. And um, you look at what all the hotshot type stuff Cody was doing in AEW towards the end, uh, or like, let's say the last 18 months of his uh, tenure there, and you look at how he basically was with Seth that whole time until he ended up getting hurt. It's just a, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, being able to tell him, slow down. You're re- you're a great baby face, but you, you're you doing too much and the crowd may get, get tired of you. So I'm glad that he's back. Um, and 
he looked good. It's probably in the best shape I've seen him in a long time. Um, so anyway, at this point, it starts to get fuzzy for me, but we got to talk about it because it was one of the damnedest things I've ever seen. And it's reminiscent of what Ricochet uh, did with Carmelo Hayes in NXT a couple months ago. Uh, <laughs> Logan Paul and Ricochet, they, they basically say, hey, you want to do it? And they say, yeah, I want to do it. And what they wanted to do was they both at the same time wanted to hit from opposite sides of the ring, hit springboard crossbodies into each other and fall and die. And the thud this sound or uh, the thud that this um, contact created was bordering on sickening. I thought they had clanked heads. Um, it was gross. I thought that uh, Logan Paul was concussed. I thought that uh, Will Smith was going to have to tell him to tell the truth. Um, man, um, that was a hell of a that was a hell of a spot to take. Uh, that had to hurt. I don't. I suggest that they don't do that ever again. Uh, but if you are someone, um, that is disgusted by power slap, I think that this is a, uh, safer alternative. Can we put human catapults on, uh, after a W dynamite instead of power slap? Just, just thoughts, just thoughts. Uh, so anyway, um, Braun Strowman gets eliminated. Dominic gets eliminated. Ricochet gets eliminated. Uh, and I believe you're at a, you're a, you believe after the, uh, Austin, or sorry, um, you believe that, uh, Logan Paul has died. So you, you know, they give you the presentation of the final four is like Austin Theory, Cody, Seth, and Gunther. Um, I believe Logan Paul throws out Austin Theory. Um, you get a point at some point where uh, Seth and Cody are, you know, bringing up their their feud from last year to argue with each other, and then eventually they say, "Hey, we gotta stop this fucking Gunther dude. He's kicking our asses, uh, or he could kick our ass." So uh, they team up on him. Doesn't really work. Um, at some point, Seth gets eliminated by, um, uh, sorry, Seth gets eliminated by Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul is getting eliminated by uh, Cody after Crossroads, and then you get. Two last two, Cody who number thirty versus Gunther who came in at number one, and um, I thought they had a nice little mini match, a uh, really nice little mini match. You know, um, Cody or Gunther has uh been in there the whole time for you know basically over an hour, and Cody's fresh, but he has an injury and he comes back and they tell the story of like. Let's test out, let's test out Cody's chest and Gunther just chopped the shit out of him, lit his chest up, chest you know turn all sorts of colors. You know Cody's anemic, but like it, it, it plays well, right? It plays well. Um, and Cody has to work from underneath, and they have a mini match and they go to the top rope at times. And you know uh, I thought it was I thought it was a really good story. They told a mini match and it made me want to see them have a match for the title at some point um, or for a title at some point. Um, maybe it's Intercontinental title. I don't know. Maybe it's the, um, maybe it's one of the titles. Who knows what they're going to do with uh, WrestleMania? I, I wouldn't beat Roman Reigns, but whatever. Like, I want to see Gunther versus Cody. I thought that was great. Um, and Cody sold his ass off. And at the end, um, Cody ends up, uh, hitting a crossroads and he clotheslines Gunther out. And Cody is the winner of the 2023 Royal Rumble. Um, and he's going to WrestleMania, uh, presumably in the main event or one of the main events of, uh, two nights of WrestleMania. Um, I thought this was one of the better, uh, Royal Rumbles. 
I thought that, you know, it kind of sagged in the middle when you had uh, kind of like uh, Gunther, or not Gunther, but uh, people like Otis and it was, it was a little stretch, like Karen Cross and Otis and uh, I'm trying to think of whoever else, but like somewhere in the, in the teens, Elias is out there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, Booger T came out and I had some fun. And then after that, they, I thought it was, you know, really good rumble. Um, it sucked that Kofi couldn't do whatever he's trying to do. Um, I want to know what his ratio is of late, uh, doing his, you know, death-defying stunts to survive in Royal Rumbles. Seems like he's botched a few the last few years, but, um, you know, shoot or shoot, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, two thumbs up for the rumble. Two thumbs up. Uh, now a match that will be getting two thumbs down the pitch black match. Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. This match was terrible. This match stunk. This match stank. Um, it's basically another Fiend match. Uh, he sold more in his match. Uh, Bray Wyatt did sell. He's not impervious to pain during the match. Um, but it's the same. It's the same premise. We're going to turn the lights. Uh, we're gonna, instead of using red lights, we're going to use a black light. And um, we're going to put Bray Wyatt and we're going to put uh, paint on him. That's, you know, fluorescent or whatever you'll call it. Like response to uh, the, that black light setting. And um, we're going to put LA Knight in some trunks that are like neon colored. And they'll, they'll stick out in the um, black light. And we're going to proceed to have a match. And it's going to be in the dark. And people are going to have lights on. People are not going to have lights on. People are going to, you know... Um, I, I will say this. I think that the black light is more visible to me than the red light was as far as being able to see everything. But at the end, they still fucked up uh, the spot they were doing um, with the announce table to where it was hard to see. That's bad camera more than them. Um, but, you know, it's a Bray Wyatt match. So inevitably, the, the wrestling was crummy unless Daniel Bryan's in there or it's, you know, Luke Harper and the other Shield members in there to carry the match. Um so, you know, he's had months, he's been back for months and lead to this and to have another, you know, really bad match. It's, it's a problem, man. It's, that's the pesky thing about pro wrestling. Eventually you got to wrestle, you know, um, but he's still a big star. I don't know what you do with him. At least he's a baby face to where he's not killing Hill or baby faces like he was with Seth Rollins 2019, but it's a problem. And, um, they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. Like, if they keep him to, you know, a limited uh, match time thing where he only wrestles, you know, a handful of times a year, I guess you can get away with having bad matches like that because, you know, he sells a lot of merchandise. People like him. He can always move. He's creative enough to keep, like, coming up with shitty things and then come up with new things that can intrigue you until he comes up, until eventually he has to, you know, pay that one off and then it stinks again and he moves on to the next thing. Like, he's really, he's really good at startups. He's really good at startups. He should, he might, he might want to look into, you know, he might want to look into Silicon Valley. He's really good with startups. Um, but as far as being able to follow through, terrible follow through. Like Michael Kilgris, Michael Childress Green level follow through. Just awful. Like Joakim Noah level follow through. Just ugly. Just the ugliest. Just gross. Grotesque. Nasty. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I guess we'll go with the with the uh, Bray Wyatt wins, and then um, he puts on a mask, which makes him impervious to pain. So it's similar to the Fiend game before. Ellie Knight's trying to fight him. Bray, Bray's no selling it. Bray in the mask is no selling it. They end up towards the uh, the entrance ramp. 
Um, L.A. Knight tries to, you know, climb or tries to climb to get away from him. Um, nothing doing. Um, then he ends up and sees, I think he sees like uh, Uncle Howdy on top of something high in the air. Um, Bray lays, uh, lays out L.A. Knight, puts him on top of presumably a crash pad. And then Bray, and then Uncle Howdy from like 20 feet up goes to, for some reason, decides to jump off the top from 20 feet in the air with an elbow drop. And I got to say, Uncle Howdy, we got to send you to the PC, brother. You can't be missing fucking elbow drops like from 20 feet in the air on stationary targets. Like, you can't miss them by 20 feet. Like, the saving grace from this was the camera angle made it look less terrible than it was. If this was a, a regular camera angle, you, you would have thought he missed by, like, a whole person length. Like, a whole five feet, right? It was bad. Um, and when the, when he crashed and missed, L.A. Knight tried to move up to, to try to make contact from the ground, which was the telltale sign that he he, bot, he botched it bad for someone that's on the ground to say, hey, he's missing by a mile. I got to try to make it look close. Um, L.A. Knight scrambled in pay off. It didn't work. Um, they let off some fireworks and, to go along with the crash uh, to make it look, you know, more theatrical. And um, yeah, man, zero stars. One of the worst matches of the year. Probably will be a match, worst match of the year contender by the end of the 2023. Um, Bray Wyatt is prolific in this. You know, bugs on the on the mat at WrestleMania. Um, a jack in the box. Have Alexa Bliss bit, you know, black goo and have goo drop from her hair. This man, this man will always give you a terrible match. He always will. This is what he does. Like he is excellence of mis execution. I'm sorry if I fucked it up. I'm sorry, but real bad, real real bad. Um, moving on from there, something that was just you know a step up from an abysmal performance. Uh, in showcasing, you get this mediocrity. Uh, the Raw Women's Title match, Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss. They went out there, and they had. I don't know. Think of some of like the most nothing happening matches you can, you can imagine. This is one of them. This is a title match and one of the biggest shows of the year. And I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen Bianca Belair have such a nothing match and a big match uh, situation. Um, I don't blame her and I don't really necessarily blame Lisa bliss. It's just, just a really low ceiling, just a really, really low ceiling. Um, she's been doing this since at least 2014. Um, He's had some injuries with it, but she has a number of uh, years doing this and she's been in pressure situations and she has consistently never came through. Um, Like the idea that this is a five time women's world champion and like it's. Wow, just wow, Um, not good, not not and also not bad. That's just just in the middle, just right in the middle. Just thoroughly mediocre, you know, take your two and two quarters and move the fuck on. Bianca ends up winning with, I believe, uh, with the KOD. Um, I don't know what's next for her. Um, given uh, who won the Rumble and who the Rumble winner uh, challenge was made to, I don't know what's next, to her, next for her, but I hope it's Asuka. Because if it's not, and it's, you know, one of these, you know, spin the wheel, 
uh, type of selections. Um, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk from from the crew about you know exactly how good how good uh, Bianca actually is when she's not in there with you know a horsewoman. Um, but we'll see. Like I still believe in her. I still think that she uh, exudes all the star power in the world. But they set up for L with Alexa Bliss. Just was just what it was. Um, next match after that, the women's rumble, the women's rumble. And, um, I'm just going fast forward right through this one. Um, let's get to Oscar comes out. She gets a huge pop, has the mask. She's been teasing this on Twitter for a while. Um, the face paint, um, the dip, the full face paint, not the, you know, the Kabuki warrior face paint. Uh, but she had been teasing this for a while. She comes out with, uh, face paint reminiscent of, uh, Kana, um, in Japan and like the crowd went wild for it when they saw her take off that mask. They saw that face paint and I popped. Um, I have seen different variations of, uh, of Kana with face paint or without the face paint. And like, it's, it, it's just a, just another look, right? You put on a t-shirt sell. It's just another thing that can keep her, uh, freshen her up. If you will freshen up the look, um, like the long pants that she has, obviously, you know, I know Rich hates the thong thing that she has going on, but I, you know, she's been around so long that I just say, Hey, that's just what she does. She's always had that. That's just the part. The thong is a part of the gear. It goes with the gear. It is what it is. It like, you can't have Oscar without the thong. It is what it is. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, basically I'm just gonna flash forward to the final three. Cause I thought it was a lot of just their wrestling. Um, but you end up getting Asuka and Rhea and uh, Liv. And I thought they had a nice, like, triple threat match. And they end up all on the apron. And um, Asuka goes to hit the, mist on, hit the mist on Rhea. Rhea sees it, ducks. Liv gets blinded by the, uh, by the mist. Um, by that point, Rhea eliminates Asuka. So they're still in the apron and... Rhea is still dangling, you know, Shawn Michaels, 96 dangling, just keep trying to keep her feet above, keep her feet, uh, from touching the, the floor or the mat. And, uh, but luckily Liv got missed it. So Liv just has to try to find the opponent, right. While being blinded. And, um, she failed. Rhea just got composed herself and then gave her like the Sonya blade head scissors and uh so and the head scissors her ass off the apron and uh Liv took that big bump off of the apron to the floor and it like it hurted not hurt hurted and uh Rhea is going to WrestleMania and um I thought it was the right winner I think a lot of people thought that she was going to win the Rumble I think a lot of people wanted to see her versus Bianca um and nope we're not getting that because we're going to get Rhea versus Charlotte at WrestleMania again now, I really liked their match at WrestleMania in 2020. I give four stars. That was a great match. Um, but that program did so much damage to Rhea. So much. And um, they have not shown the story of somebody persevering and overcoming in redemption similar to a Bianca and uh, Becky Lynch story. Uh, in fact, Rhea is a heel. Um... And Charlotte's a face for now, for now, because it's always for now with her. Um, so, uh, 
prepare for prepare for the nonsense. Um, I just hope they have a great match. I hope they have they're able to follow up um their match for WrestleMania in um in similar fashion of just the level of quality it was. And more about everything after that, but as far as who wins or whatever else, you know, there there's no bets. There's no bets with Charlotte. Like we know Rhea should win. If she wins, we'll all just, you know, breathe breathe a sigh of relief and then move on. But you already know how it is. Like the game always gonna move back to Charlotte so she can get her twenty title reigns. Where all of them are less mean or more meaningless than the last one before, but it is what it is. Uh so main event WWE double title match. The big dog, the tribal chief, the leader of the free world, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, um, with Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman at ringside. Um, I thought they had a very good match. Um, I think this is one of the better matches I've seen out of Roman in a while. Um, obviously it had the rough bump or whatever else, but I'm just, you know, for a, you know, slow, methodical WWE main event match, like, I think I, I think I prefer the Roman matches a bit more than the Orton matches, uh, the Rome, when Orton was on top, but, um, I don't know, I just feel like there's a ceiling on what Roman can do at the top of, uh, of these cards working this particular formula, I kind of wish he, you know, kind of, John Cena his way out of it and kind of said, Hey, I want to do a little bit more than just what's required than the bare minimum. Uh, that's what it kind of feels like with, with these, uh, Roman matches. It feels like he's just doing the bare minimum as far as effort in these main event matches that are, you know, slow, big spot, ref bump, ref pull, distraction, visual pinfall for somebody that it didn't matter if they got a pinfall or nothing. No one ever for a second thought did like, He's going to get another match, and then, like, he'll win in the rematch. Just whatever. Like, uh, but whatever. Uh, very good match. Um, there's a moment where uh, a ref gets laid out, and uh, Roman asks Sam to grab a chair, and he says, but my tribal chief, you told me not to do anything. Well, I changed my mind. I want you to help. And uh, Sammy um, rolls in a chair late. Which, while rolling in late, gave uh, Kevin Owens enough time to recover and hit a super kick, I believe, and then you get a visual pinfall. Um, ultimately, at the end, you know, uh, Roman ends up beating uh, Kevin Owens, and then he proceeds to lay the SmackDown. They, you know, the rest of the bloodline comes in and they beat the living shit out of Kevin Owens. They grab uh, handcuffs, they handcuff him to uh, the ring ropes, and they proceed to pummel him. Uh, the Usos throw like maybe two dozen super kicks like no exaggeration I'd have to count it but it was over it, it was closer to 24 than it was 12 um while while Kevin Owens is handcuffed and then um Roman grabs the chair and he wants to bash in Kevin Owens head with the chair Sami Zayn steps in and says hey this beneath you he's trying to you know he's trying to placate Roman's ego and says it's beneath you you don't need to do this he's done it's over you don't have to worry about him again. And, it's, and then Roman says, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm tripping. I'm bugging. You do it. Cause it's not below you. Cause I'm higher. I'm higher on the totem pole. You, you do the good work, right? Like I got to keep my hands clean, which is like, okay, whatever. Um, and then Sammy resists doing it. Uh, they hand him a chair. 
he gets bullied by Roman and uh, the rest of the, the, the Usos say, hey, man, you need to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to bad for you. Um, so Roman turns his back to him uh, while he expects a chair being placed into uh, Kevin Owens skull. And Sammy ends up placing the chair across Roman's back. Roman falls down very similar fashion to um, when Seth Rollins turned on the shield. Um, I I, I kind of feel like Roman got up a lot faster this time, as opposed to just laying there forever after getting hit with the in the back one time. Uh, like he got hit in the back one time and like basically collapsed and passed out. Where this time he got hit and he felt it and he never passed out. So you know, kayfabe wise, he's stronger now. Um, so. Sam immediately turns to Jay Uso and says, I'm sorry, man, I had to do it or whatever else. Jimmy said, Jimmy super kicks, uh, Sammy. And then, uh, the rest of the bloodline beat the living shit out of Sammy Zayn, except for Jay, who's so heartbroken and, and can't, you know, after all that time, finally believes in Sammy Zayn and, uh, he walks out and uh, the rest of the line lays out Sami Zayn, beat the dog shit out of him, and then they leave him laying, and in the ring left is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' carcass, while in the middle of the ring is Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens is, uh, you know, still, his carcass is still uh, tied up, or handcuffed to the ropes, uh, and that ends Royal Rumble. I, you know, I I thought that, you know, the this part where now they do it, and Sami doesn't get dumped, he actually makes a decision like, of standing up for something. Um, that's a good note. Obviously, it's better than they were just going to turn on him and just leave him to die like a dummy. Um, you have reason to cheer for him. Um, I Look, I don't know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. I Look, if you give me my choice of uh, main eventing with on one of these nights with um, Sami Zayn or Cody, I'm going with Cody. Um, that's just me. Um, but... We'll see what happens when it comes to Elimination Chamber. That's in Montreal. I think there is potential for a match there. You do it, and you just say, hey, Sammy's a loser, but I want to beat his ass. I'm the champion. What I say goes. I'm the leader of the free world, of course. So give me my match, and they can have Sammy versus uh, Roman in Montreal, and they can pull out all the stops, and they can have, you know, they beat the shit out of him and have Kevin Owens come and save him at the end. Or, or, you know, come out and, you know, help him up and scrape him up off the ground after he gets stomped out, all that kind of stuff. And you could do the tag team thing if you want to. I think that's the lesser of the stories, but the story's not for Sami Zayn. Like, this whole thing is not about Sami Zayn. This whole thing is about Roman Reigns, and this is the thing that kept him hot. And I guess they figured this is, like, the expiration date for this, or they need to do this before they can get to WrestleMania. I would have shrunk this along longer, but they did it, and... um. The people are loving it. They're eating it up. And like WWE is hot right now for this. Like this is the top of their thing right now. Like they got, they got a huge, uh, you know, return show from raw, um, this week for the rain. I got over 2 million. So, um, whatever they're doing with this, with this Roman Reigns thing. And with Cody coming back, there is definite intrigue for the road to WrestleMania this year. Um, hats off to him. Like you say what you want to about, the card and, and everything is, or as far as uh, this WrestleMania or Royal Rumble show, but like the handling, the main things like the main event is what draws and it's, and it's got a lot of eyes on it right now and they like the rumble. So, um, I think a lot of people have a lot of goodwill towards this different booking regime thing that's going on right now with triple H slash whoever else is, you know, telling him to do certain things, but 
it's it's definitely a step up as far as people entry level from what was just Vince when it was just Vince by himself. So um, they have a they have a you know they have a new lease on life because of the WrestleMania season. So they best not fuck it up. Uh, so to move on from WWE news. Actually, no. Before we move on from WWE news, one one inch, one little story that I thought was interesting to go along my my thoughts on um, them being hot right now. So uh, they had the Corley report. Uh, actually, I think dropped today or dropped uh, in the middle of this week, and uh, some of the some of the numbers are like interesting. Uh, they've had a big domestic increase in their uh, pay per view views uh, of late. So. Crown Jewel had a 70% increase year to year from last year or from two years ago. Extreme Rules had a 36% year to year over year increase. Survivor Series had a 46% year over year increase. Um, and then the Royal Rumble is not a part of the of this quarter, but like Royal Rumble, uh, they announced that they had a 52% increase year over year uh, domestically. Um, and also they had a huge gate. I think they had like 7 million uh, gate for a Royal Rumble. They're hot right now. They're hot at big events. You know, they even did, you know, Clash at the Castle is another one. Obviously, that's a, you know, sell these starving fans uh, from overseas. Uh, some, some, you know, a big show, but they're hot right now. They're doing, they're doing big shows well. And beyond, quite honestly, their big shows are better than they had been under Vince. So that is something, there's something definitely to that. Um, so yeah, it's looking up for them. Obviously, the booking and but you know below the top of the card is kind of funky. Obviously, but they're doing better than they were doing otherwise. Um, so that's off to them. Hopefully, they continue to get better. Um, so AEW, AEW ran or Dynamite. I'm gonna say Rampage Dynamite. I have not watched any AEW television of 2023 until. This particular episode of Dynamite from yesterday, Wednesday. Um, I thought this was a great show. Um, but let's let's go through it. Start the show. They're in Dayton, Ohio. Out comes John Moxley. He walks through the crowd with his dad, his dad Dan. <laughs> Do we call him Dan Moxley or Dan Good? I don't know. Let's call him Dan Moxley. Or Father Mox. Let's call him Father Mox. Moxley and Father Mox and you to all come down to the ring. And um I, you know, like I said, I had not watched any AEW television. I've only been listening to the reviews from Rich on uh on this show. So I, I kinda have an idea of what's going on because I missed a month, but I but at the same time, like I have been watching, so I'm kinda like, I don't know what's next. I don't know who he's facing. And then I, I all of a sudden I hear uh Heyman's music. I was like, oh, they're doing a rematch. I, sign me up. I didn't see the first one. I heard it was great, but Hangman versus John Moxley. I'm 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 here for it. Uh, two thumbs up. Uh, they start a little slow. They come back from commercial break, and uh, and then it picks up. Uh, obviously, they um, obviously they build um off of the story where um Hangman took out Moxley in their first match in Retribution Two, or actually their second match in Retribution Two. What happened back in uh, I believe it was in Cincinnati months ago. Um, so Moxley has to work from underneath, and um, he's up getting uh, busted open. I forgot how he got busted open. I think. Oh, I know how he got busted open. Uh, they're fighting over on the apron. 
over between a dead eye and a power driver. And then eventually hangman gets uh, Moxie up on the shoulders and basically like almost military press throws him into uh, Moxley into the corner. Um, and then he falls to the floor after that. And he obviously blades or whatever else um, he comes up bleeding. So uh, from there, Moxley has work beneath and he's there just staving off elimination, right? He's just staving off getting hit with big shots. Eventually he's getting hit with the buckshot lariat and he seemingly is done. And Moxley kicks it 2.9. And it was one of the better kickouts, you know, in the last couple of years. And Moxley is, you know, Moxley has basically figured out how to, like, get a huge kickout in his matches. Like, whether this match with uh, Yuta from la- early last year or the Takeshita match from a few months ago or this match. is like, he knows how to basically build a match towards a perfect finish. And he knows how to kick out of it and keep and get his money's worth after after the fact of, uh you know, someone, you know, fighting from underneath. And, um... Yeah, um, we are now at a point now where this is Moxley, uh, Hangman 3, and, um, Paige, you know, takes a page out of, uh, no pun intended, Paige takes a, a page out of Moxley's, uh, repertoire, and after the buckshot and the quick kick out, he immediately goes to the bully choke, and Moxley, he's dead to rights, and he figures out a way to escape out his own move, and ends up, uh, putting, uh, almost like, uh, let's say a let's say a, a, a reversal where he almost like snap mirrors from the floor or from the mat uh hangman and he ends up getting a, a leg hooked and he ends up pinning uh hangman and uh hangman is pissed he thinks you know you you beat me but you didn't win i had you did the rights after i already beat you uh in our last match and they want more of each other uh yuda and cesaro have to get in between them uh because they're talking shit to each other and i want another match why not like now they're one-on-one with each other Give him a third match. Um, you know, if they're gonna do it at uh Revolution, more power to him. That's a great place to have that match. Um, so uh then from there, uh but this match it was great. Like I thought it started slow, but after they came back from the first commercial break, I thought it was a great match. Uh I see people rating this match as like some four and three quarter type thing on cage match. I think that's insane, but I thought it was a great match nonetheless. Um so Come back for a commercial break, and Jamie Hader is being interviewed by by Renee, and uh, the bunny uh, uh, basically asks for a or challenges Jamie to a eliminator match next week on Dynamite, and Jamie agreed to it. Uh, then all of a sudden, um, Renee gets news from her earpiece, throws to the screen, and it shows Soraya and Tony Storm beating the shit out of Britt Baker backstage. Uh, and then it went away from there. So out comes the acclaim. They fight two jobbers. Uh, I think their name are the Outrunners, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Sure. I have no reason to doubt those are not their names. That I'm sure those are their names. Those are funny names. Uh, they get squashed quickly. I believe uh, Bowens knocks one of them um, out to the floor. And then uh, they proceed to... <laughs> With the other one in the ring, they proceed to have Billy Gunn's big ass slide in, into the ring underneath the ropes. They triple scissor each other, and then Billy Gunn walks out the ring, and then uh, Bowens hits another move, and then he tags in Caster for the mic drop, elbow drop, and they get the win, quick squash. Um, then uh, you end up with the acclaimed. They're in the ring, they're cutting a promo. And the outcomes, the ass boys, ass boys want another match. The crowd doesn't want them to have another match. And then uh, 
they start arguing back and forth between the ass boys and the acclaim. Of course, uh, Billy Gunn's in the middle. Billy Gunn says, I have enough of my two of my two sets of boys arguing with each other. We've done this before. I don't want to do it anymore. He walks up that up the ramp. And then uh, one of the guns says, hey, you know, walk away just like you always did when you came to raising us. And then Billy Gunn kept on walking. He kept pushing, kept on pushing. He, he smirked through it and kept on pushing. And then and one of them said, yeah, go, go, go to the back and then find your, you know, go solve your problems in, in the bottom of, of a pill bottle. And then Billy Gunn turned about faced, came back down to that ring. And at that point, like, Father Gun was was had scared uh the child gun. Uh he didn't want to look him in the eye. Uh there was a there was a Mike went dead or whatever else, but uh Billy Gunn got the the, the fixed mic and said, Hey, look me in the eye. You want if you want to say it, you better be able to look at me in the eye when you, uh when you when you uh say this kind of stuff. So uh before this all went down when they're arguing, they won another match. Uh Billy Gunn said, Hey, you want the match? You get the match, uh, and then you he leaves out the ring, and after after he basically Gronk spiked the mic into the mat, and uh, the Gun Boys are both smiling. They got what they wanted. They manipulated their dad, and uh, the Acclaimers sitting there like, "Hey man, I I don't know about you, just you know offering title shots to whoever. Like we're the champions. Who are you to be out here offering people title shots?" Uh, so they cut away from that, and uh, you end up getting a backstage interview with Jungle Boy. Talking about Jungle Hook and says, Hey, I appreciate the Jungle Hook stuff, but I'm a singles guy. And he says, This time this year, he's going to win a singles title. So, you know, Jungle Boy for TNT title or for the, um, or for the, uh, All Atlantic. I'm here for it. He has great matches. Uh, so Brian Cage versus Takeshita. Um, I think I like this match top to bottom a little bit more than the, uh, opener. I don't know if it's actually better a better match as far as uh you know digging down deep, but I thought like technically it, top to bottom as far as the uh, energy level from top, from bell to bell, I thought it was higher in this match. Um, so you got to catch them Brian Cage, two specimens going out there running, you know doing their spots. Um, you get the uh, Brian Cage. Um, grab you from the middle or from the apron, give you a middle rope uh, superplex. You got to catch their duck underneath arms and hitting the, the high flying forearm. Um, you got to catch with a bridging German suplex. Lots of stuff. Uh, you get them getting a lager bomb out of catch for a big kick out. Um, lots of good stuff in here. Um, and then eventually, to just fires up. And it proceeds to put the beast on the, on the Brian Cage. And then he ends up getting the win. His first win in AEW. Uh, crowd. Crowd was progressively more into this match. As Takeshita uh, had more control of the match. So anyway. I believe Brian Cage went for a brain buster. He, uh, Takeshita uh, fights back down. His zone brain buster. Then hits a second row brain buster. And then sets up and hits the big running knee. For the for the win. Um, so backstage. I'm getting... Uh, Renee with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, they're still talking about Ricky Starks. They run down Ricky Starks, and then Guevara and Garcia propose a Garcia Guevara uh, gauntlet where they face 2.0 um, successively uh, for for Starks. If Starks gets past those 
uh, gets past, you know, thing one and thing two, then they will face either Guevara or then Starks will either face Guevara or uh, Garcia, depending on uh, their choice of who of who uh, they want to face him. And then if they win that match, then they will get in the match with Jericho. Um, so next you have a promo by the elite. They're in a basketball gym. They're shooting some shots and uh, they call out AR Fox and top flight uh, for a trios match. But before they go away, uh, the firm rolls up. Stokely uh, asks them, what are they doing this week? And then they uh, challenge them to a match on Rampage uh, versus Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, and they're uh, they're like initially against it until Omega gets talked into it because Don Callis says that like him hitting uh, a one-way angel on Matt Hardy is a nice NFT. Uh, okay, funny joke. Uh, so move on from there. And we end up getting uh, Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. So this match is a grapple fuck. And uh, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's a very good match. But it is a match where it's like, okay, we've seen Daniel Bryan versus people like Drew Gulak. We've seen him versus uh, different types of, you know, technical uh, expertise wrestlers, right? And what he likes to do is he likes to sell for all of their stuff. Um... Like he can't out wrestle them. And then eventually it'll turn into something else, right? Like I think with the Gulag match, it turned into this dude's tying me up in knots. I need to just out strike him because I'm better at striking. Uh this match didn't necessarily have that. It was he was at the mercy of uh Thatcher because he has a bad wing, his bad left wing, bad left shoulder, and Thatcher just kept grinding on him and grinding on him and coming up with new, uh, you know, everything he came up with, he couldn't get out of. Like, I think that, uh, Danielson and him did some great technical work where it's like eventually towards the end, uh, Thatcher, sorry, uh, Danielson gets a, a, uh, a sleeper hold and he ends up, um, sleep, uh, putting it with his left arm across the neck with the right arm up. And he realizes I need to switch. I need to switch dances because he can get out of this and have the weak, weak arm and he puts the right arm across the neck and then switch with the uh, up arm on the left. Uh, and then Thatcher grabs the, the left arm like a lever and pulls it down and escapes. I, I mean, it was really good stuff, really good stuff. If you're into that type of wrestling, I don't know how many people are that listen to this show, but I appreciate this kind of stuff, uh, from Danielson and Thatcher and others. Um, so, um, by the end, you know, with a ref, uh, I believe at that point in time, you get the ref bump right out of that spot into the ref in the corner where they, uh, where, where, um, Thatcher basically backs, uh, Danielson into the ref in the corner. Um, MJF comes down with the ring. He's going to he obviously turn the tables. And, uh, as he gets towards the ringside area, out comes somebody, uh, with a hoodie on, uh, and then lays him out. It turns out it's Takeshita and Takeshita runs, uh, MJF out the ring or out of, uh, the arena. And then, uh, they get back to the match and, um, Danielson ducks underneath a move and then hits the bicycle knee and gets the W. Um, very good match. Um, probably give it three and a half. Uh, no, you, you know, it comes to people's taste, whatever, but like, I, I like when, you know, Daniel Bryanson has these kind of matches, uh, Daniel Bryanson, uh, Brian Danielson has these kind of matches. Um, and you know, I, I thought that like for, I think we'll talk about this at the end of the show as far as the variety you got on this two-hour show. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, so, I believe they cut to the back from there. And they show 
Takeshita and MJF scrapping it out um, backstage. And geeks break it up. And um, Renee's there. Renee, who is wearing a nice pink dress and then, like, accessorizes it, I guess, by wearing some, like, white chucks. That's that's a choice I wasn't expecting. That wasn't a choice I was expecting, but whatever. Uh, She walks in. She basically, like, stumbles in between the middle of it, and then she gets the earpiece, uh, the notification from Tony Khan that, hey, we're running this match to catch the versus MJF. Um, So I believe that's next week on on, um, Dynamite. Um, so come back from commercial break and, uh, there's a pre tape of, uh, Roosh with his goons and, uh, MJF comes in and MJF hands him, or sorry, he shows him a briefcase full of money saying, Hey, next week, if you take out Danielson, um, I got five more of these briefcases. Um, and then Roosh says, I'll get the job done more or less, or don't worry about it. Or I want that money. Um, so then you end up getting Jay Cargo versus, uh, red velvet for the TBS championship. Uh, Jade is 49 and Oh, um, this match is okay. Jay still looks stiff at spots, um, or slow, uh, with instincts and spots. Um, I thought that Jay, I thought that, uh, red velvet looked far ahead of her, obviously noting the difference in experience level, but, um, I thought they had a nice clean finish of, um, they go from a, they go from a short arm scissors to, oh, sorry, red velvet has Jade in a short arm scissors. Jade, um, basically like, uh, does the gotch lift, gets her up. Jade, oh, sorry, red velvet scrambles to her back and goes for a, uh, sunset flip pin or a matchbox pin. Can't get it. Uh, Jade's still standing. Um, so Jade uh, grabs her while grabs Reva while she's on the on the ground on the mat, lifts her up and then turns her around and hits a jaded, nice nice finish. Um, it's okay match. Um, nothing really uh, right home about. It's okay match. Um, so Jade is now fifty and zero, uh, and she ends up grabbing her child at ringside and um her daughter at ringside and walking to the back. It looked like her daughter was upset and crying at points. I I, I don't know what happened, but hope she's okay. Um. So, Renee, again, hardest work woman in uh, sports entertainment. Uh, Renee is backstage with Britt Baker, and um, she's getting evaluated while Jamie's with her. And um, Ruby Soul walks up to her, to Jay, or to Britt, and asks her if she's okay. Britt, obviously noting their their um, their beef over the last year or so, and uh, AEW is, you know, blowing her off. Um, and she said, hey, aren't those your girls? Don't you, You've known her way longer you know them way longer. You've known us, alluding to these are WWE wrestlers, uh, so they're wary of her. But I think eventually they're they're turning. Uh, I'm saying Rhea. They're turning Ruby uh, away from that because like she's a good person. They don't want the good person to be involved with that just because they're in WWE. Or maybe she's or maybe she's the mole. We'll see how this goes. But that, I think that's how it's gonna play out in you know or what side she's on over the next few weeks. Uh, so. We end up getting the TNT Championship no holds bar match between Darby Allen and Samoa Joe. Um, Joe comes out, then Darby comes out, and Darby is wearing a hoodie that has thumbtacks sticking out of it, and is uh, and he more or less like tries to rip up Samoa Joe at the start of the match um, using the using that hoodie. Um, Joe quickly t- stops him and then rips the uh, jacket off of 
uh, Darby. And then, like, insanity ensued in this match. Like, Joe threw him, like, Joe at one point in this match, we were both in the corner, in the top uh, right corner, and Joe just basically grabbed him like he was a freeweight dumbbell and, like, just hurt him over the top rope to the floor and sent uh, Darby tumbling. Um, there was a spot where... Um, Darby, for some reason, thought he was going to set up some steps and try to Irish whip Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe reversed it and sent, and this is before that, that spot I just told you about. He sent, uh, Samoa Joe sent Darby basically, uh, Mick Foleying over the still turn, still steps, and then over the barricade all in one motion. It was just wild. Um, Darby, Darby gets back into the match. He ends up uh, cutting open the uh, cutting the apron down and cutting the mat open and exposing the, the wood bl- boards. And he goes for a coffin drop. Um, he gets stopped, and then Samoa Joe ends up hitting a uh, a muscle buster off the second rope onto the onto the boards. It looked just gross. Joe looked like he 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 hated doing that shit. It looked it like it hurt. He ends up getting the win. He's a TNT champion for a second time. This was a great match. A great match. Um, you know, for people that have worried about Samoa Joe like I have, as far as like, can he do anything besides just chop and and, and brawl and, you know, do the old man brawl stuff? Um, he can still be a monster for smaller wrestlers. And and um Darby Allen is a person that is up for the task of making anyone look like an absolute monster. Um, he's one of the best storytellers in wrestling. He doesn't get credit like that. I, I, and I think he's one of the most un, more underrated technical wrestlers that we got. I think that the dude like is, you know, I think he's super underrated as a storyteller. Like he is, he is David in all these matches and he figures out a new interesting way all the time by obviously via the car crashes, but he finds a new way to get you invested in them. And one, you see him get up and fight and how's he's going to, you know, turn the tables and fight to the end. Um, he's just great. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I don't know what's, what, what is, you know, his ceiling is in his company, but if MJF can be a, uh, a, at that level, the world title level, like, I think there is a baby face run with his title for him. I don't know how long you can make him, keep him champion, but I think he could be there. And like, I wouldn't like to see him at the top versus the other guys and try to, you know, tell these same stories or similar stories with, you know, how he can overcome or how he uses craftiness or, you know, his insanity to, uh, to stay on level with some of these guys and the crowd believes him to that level. Um, he's great, but, uh, Samoa Joe, like him and Darby, that's some magic. We've, you know, they've had three matches. I've seen two of them, but two of them have just been like absolutely brutal and special. Um, yeah. Uh, so after this, out comes uh, Warlow. Warlow clears house. Uh, he, he ends up uh, spearing Samoa Joe and then the geek symbol and he fucks up security and they go to black before they show him, um, you know, power bombing one of the geeks into a crowd of people on the floor. But uh, I thought this was a great show of dynamite. And uh, back to my point uh, that I stopped before, like the, the level of variety you got on the show. Um you got, you, you know, you got a brawling match uh, between two dudes that are pissed off at each other um, and they're brawling around the ring and there's, you obviously get blood there. But like, you know, at the end, you have the 
you know, home state hero fighting beneath against a, a top star, and he sweeps, sweeps out the victory. And then you have Danielson in a grapple fuck. Um, and then you have this main event, no holes bar match is wild and is, you know, one of the more unique things you'll see this year in pro wrestling. Um, just, just, you know, it's just a variety of stuff. Like if you don't like certain things in AEW, they're going to give you something that you like eventually and hopefully you'll love it and that'll keep you around. But I thought like, you know, those three, um, those three matches in particular, and also, you know, the mention like the, the, the more indie match that was Takeshita versus, uh, Brian Cage as well. Like that just gave you just variety. So I thought it was another excellent show. Um, I'm going to eventually catch up over the, uh, the three dynamites that I've missed in, uh, you know, four rampages or whatever it is, but I'll catch up in, um, you know, I'll probably be ready to talk about all this stuff. By the time Richie is back, but like I'll, I'm definitely gonna give you guys an update for next week, and I definitely plan on catching up by the time Richie is back in two weeks, and we can be fully caught up on everything that is AEW. Earlier this week, there were announcements made that from GCW that Kota Bushi will be participating in two of their shows for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, one is Bloodsport, the other is uh, the Spring Break. Uh, I, I think. I think Janela's name's still attached to uh, Spring Break. I'm not sure, but um, he will be in Los Angeles for WrestleMania weekend or Southern California, Los Angeles weekend. You know, kind of know how that goes. Um, and uh, I think basically the next night uh, in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that he is no longer with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it stinks, man. Uh, like, what 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 I think stinks is um, him being gone from New Japan. Uh, him being back in wrestling is great. Uh, you know, obviously after the injury he had in the G1 final um, two years ago um, and how long it took him, I'm glad he's going to be back and healthy enough to wrestle and do all that. And, you know, he's going to have a hell of a run. But uh, I, I it stinks that he's, he seemingly is done with New Japan for wrestling. Um, me and Rich... Uh, first got into Japanese wrestling watching um, Wrestle Kingdom 9 and the summer main event was Kota Bushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura um, the main event was uh, Tanahashi versus Okada but like that thing are those those four like hold a special place in my heart for like my love my growing love of pro wrestling in, from Japan into 2023 now and uh, it stinks that Seemingly, he's done with the, with the promotion. Um, obviously, a lot of bad blood there. A lot of, you know, the translations over the last year or so about, you know, dealing with, you know, management or middle management, if you will, in the company. Uh, soured him and, you know, the them rushing him back before he was ready. And, you know, um, his mother, uh, you know, her safety. That played a lot of played a lot into all of this. But, um you know, I, I will say it's a bittersweet. I will say bittersweet. I, I thought that there was so much more he could have done in New Japan. Um, and unfortunately, it's not going to happen, at least for now. But on the bright side, he is back in wrestling. And that's one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life in the ring. And um, I'm interested to see what he does um, going forward. Obviously, he can go anywhere he wants to. He's that level of talent. Even at 40, he still can go anywhere he wants to. Um, but we'll see where he ends up and we'll see what he ends up doing, uh, for the time being before he lands anywhere in particular, maybe he's, you know, just done 
with being anywhere for a long period of time because he always was a person that wanted to be a Rolling Stone and be in Russell everywhere. So if you want to see somebody, you know, do one of these um, barnstorming type of things uh, and, you know, be a wrestler of the, uh, of the year, most outstanding uh, candidate off of that in 2023, he's definitely the pick for that now. Um, obviously, Takesha was up there last year, but it could be him and Ibushi that are fighting to be who's the number one freelance type of guy or barnstormer. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Since we're already talking about New Japan, um, let's do it. Um, the new beginning in Sapporo uh, weekend. Uh, the the fourth and the fifth. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about these entire cards. A lot of these cards, like the first five matches are tags and that sort of stuff to build towards. Uh, the 211 new beginning show that's uh, like the um, J.Y. Hikaleo uh, Loser Leaves Japan match. The IWGP heavyweight title match between Okada and Shingo. I'm just going to skip past that stuff and just talk about uh, the headlining stuff, the marquee stuff, if you will. So, um, six match for the uh, February 4th show, IWGP junior heavyweight tag team title match, catch 22, uh, Akira and TJP versus Katamaro and Doki. I think the match is going to be really good. Catch 22, they're really good. And, you know, Doki... He's on one. He wrestles like it's his last. He wrestles like Iverson. So that should be fun. Uh match seven, Osprey versus Taichi. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Like Osprey is, you know, trying to get a big win post his uh failure at Wrestle Kingdom. Um and Taichi is a proper foil. Uh they're gonna have a really good match. I think they were in the same block uh before in uh, in two thousand twenty. I'd have to go back. Uh, but yeah, um, or two, maybe it was 2019. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 2019, they were in above an A block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was before Tai Chi tried hard. So like, I expect a, a really good match out of them now. Um, and then, uh, main event of the 2-4 show, special singles match, Naito versus Shota Umino. Um, we, look, we know Naito's winning. Naito has to stay clean right now until he can get to, um, putting that old fucker in the dirt in the Tokyo Dome on the 18th. But, um, nonetheless, I have liked the interactions, uh, between Naito and Umino. I especially like what I saw with them at, uh, New Year's Dash. Um, like, Umino is stepping up and is not, he, he's not getting hold by this dude, even though Naito is trying to, is trying to big league him. It's just not happening. It's just not happening. So, um, I expect a really good match. I expect a, a, maybe a little bit of heat, maybe a little bit, of, maybe a little heated, maybe a little heated. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how Violet, uh, Naito wants to get, but I expect not to get the W, uh, moving on to the final three matches from, uh, two, five, IWGP heavyweight tag team title match, Bishimon, Goto and Yoshihashi versus Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols. Um, should be a good match because Bishimon has nothing but good matches. Um, Seventh match, IWGP, not IWGP, I'm sorry, New Japan World TV title match, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii. Look, if you've seen an Ishii uh, Sabre match, you know what you're expecting. Quality, 15-minute time limit, let's go. If it's, both of their, uh, if it's both to their strengths for them to have to go fast. So, I'm, I'm with it. You know, I'm expecting something that can match what they did at Russell Kingdom a few years ago. So, expecting a great match, expecting great selling, expecting some great technical work, expecting Ishii to to lay into his chest, 
but I don't know. I don't have a winner yet, but uh, I imagine that Saber would have uh, multiple defenses with this thing. But, you know, Ishii, Ishii is someone that's meant for this kind of title. Um, and Ren Arena, obviously, will get another shot eventually down the line. Uh, then, main event of, of 2-5, IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, Hiromu Takahashi versus Yo. Um, this is set off from Yo beating or pinning um, Hiromu at New Year's Dash. Uh, look, anytime there's a chance for Yo to prove me wrong, I'm with it. He's in there with Hiromu, my favorite junior um, currently in New Japan. Here's your time. Prove me wrong. Like, uh, I think a lot of people like him. I know I know Rich likes him a lot. I, I just don't see it sometimes, and they treat him like a geek. So uh, this is chance to shine at the top of a card. So let's see what he's got. Um, obviously, I got Hermu um, getting a W, but like I want to see enough to where like you want to see Yo, you know, get another title shot uh, down the line. So that I think that's the main thing. Very similar to the Watto thing, where like you got to get at Russell Kingdom, where it's like you got to get people to care about the guy. Like and set lay out a match where like people want to see him continue to fight. Uh, so yeah, uh, really strong, um, three matches from this weekend, um, or sorry, six matches from this weekend from New Japan. I'm, I'm excited to see all six of them. Um, I might check out some of the undercard stuff, like see what's going on with the LIJ chaos stuff to see what might lead to next weekend or sorry, the 11th between Okada and, in um, Shingo. But yeah, um, I'm really liking these. Uh, I really have liked like these cards that they have set up for new beginning. Um, I missed New Beginning last year, so. Uh, okay, so, uh, time to move on to Stardom. I guess I'll tell myself to hit the music. Yeah, hit the music, James. Hit the music. So, this Saturday, we have Stardom's first major pay-per-view of 2023. We have Stardom Supreme Fight 2023, the 12th anniversary show of Stardom. Uh, first match, Triangle Derby match. You have Unique Glare, Starlight Kid, Haruka Umasaki, and Raka versus Classmates, Hazuki, Kaguma, and Ida. Should be a fun, nice opener. I expect Ida to get pinned here, but... I still expect expect a fun match between the interplay of Kaguma and Kid and Umasaki and Hazuki. Um, should be some quality stuff there. Might get a little hot stuff from uh, from Rock and EW. We'll see. Um, second match, trios match, Queen's Quest, Utami, Azumi, and Lady C versus God's Eye Special Edition God's Eye, uh, Shuri, the returning Konami. And Ami, I believe Konami's in just for this show. Um, she's been doing spots, you know, all since last year. She just comes in and out every so often. So happy to see her. Happy to see her. Um, every time I see her, I'm glad she's in for the time being. Um, we'll see what her future holds in stardom as far as like a tournament or whatever else. I would love to see her in the Grand Prix again, but uh, we'll see. Um, should be a fun match, though. Um, I probably see, see, I see Lady C in here. I, I see where the pin eater is. Uh, so, um, third match, special singles match, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Mirai. This match is going to be fun. Um, two power wrestlers, two technique wrestlers. Um, 
I'm gonna see some. You're gonna see some, like strif, some strumph. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. I don't remember uh, Chihiro's background, but I just I've seen so much of her game, and like in in certain ways, she reminds me of Jeff Cobb. Uh, the times I've seen her, I've probably seen maybe like ten matches of hers, something like that, over the years, and I've always enjoyed her matches. And I, you know, I think she's her. Sure, as far as people talking about like uh, someone like you, for example, if you're more, if you're not familiar with uh, Chihiro Hashimoto, Chihiro's tag team partner around the Indies, if you will, of uh, Joshi scene is Chihiro Hashimoto, and Chihiro has a higher, a much higher ceiling than you, even though uh, some people. Um, have questions about what Yu's actual ceiling is as a singles wrestler, but yeah, Chihiro is is top of the notch. She's one of the better uh, Joshi we have on the scene, and um, I'm interested to see what she does with Mirai, uh from a power perspective and whatever story they tell in the ring, but what I'm really excited for is Chihiro versus Shuri whenever we get that. I'm presuming that's going to be the Yokohama Arena show, uh, but this is a nice little uh, appetizer for people to understand like what she's capable of, so interested to see that. Um, fourth match, an Aniwa roulette match. Uh, basically, this match is a random draw gauntlet match, uh, with a five minute with five minute falls and elimination rules. So you can win via pin, submission, DQ, or over the top rope elimination. Uh, so the participants are Mayu Batani, Momokogo from Stars. Tam Nakano, Nasapoi, Minashirakawa, and Wakasugiyama of Cosmic Angels, Miyu Amasaki of Queen's Quest, Tekla and Mirai Sakurai of Don Domando, Nasuko Tura and Saki Kashima of Oedotai, Mariah May of Club Venus, Yuna Mizumori, and uh, Momoka Hanazono. And the 15th participant is, a, is X, a mystery participant. We'll find out uh, when she walks out onto the scene, hopefully it's not Kikitaro. I'm sick of that sick Kikitaro shit. Never again. Uh, so, uh, the winner of this match, uh, also if there's a draw, both people, they went to the draw or eliminated, they move on to the next, uh, to the next two. So, um, that's going to be leave a lot of outs for people like, uh, Mayu or Tam, uh, they just want to, you know, not having one get eliminated and they just want to beat them and they don't get a title shot. But the winner of this match last person standing um, at the end of this match gets a title shot of their choice. So we'll see. Um, fifth match, the goddess belts match, uh, seven up Nanai, Takahashi and you versus Mahime, Micah and Hameka. Uh, I thought that their match in the tag league was one of the very best matches in that tournament this or last year. And, um, it had a quick finish. Uh, so, um, or not a quick finish, but it had a flash finish, if you will. Um, so I, I want to see like the real knockdown throw down someone gets finished, uh, uh, match. And I think this is it. Um, don't know who's going to win, but it's, but seeing an eye in there with Hameka was fun and seeing you in there with Micah is fun and their interplay all, between all four of them is fun. Uh, so I'm glad I get to see another one of them. Um, six match, white belt match, Sayakamatani versus Momo Watanabe. Um, this match is going to be great. I don't really have many notes to say. There's not much to the story. Kamatani, uh, you know, won at Sumo Hall and then, um, I'm sorry, not Sumo Hall, but won at, um, Nagoya at the 1-8 show pay-per-view and said she wanted to challenge, 
uh, Momo because Momo is a record holder for most white belt title defenses and Kamatani just had just tied the streak or tied the record and she wants to wrestle um, you know, the, the record holder to, you know, for the bound for, you know, who has a record in the, at the end of it. Um, so Momo, her, you know, her character of last few years is I want nothing to do with the white belt. I only want to challenge for the red belt because I've already done that, been here, done that, but she's evil and she was offered a title shot. So she said, I'll take it. And at the press conference, she proceeded to beat the hell out of Kamatani. Um, and obviously you, you throw in the, you know, the, the departure from, Momo from Queen's Quest into Oedotai from last year and all, all that stuff's there but they haven't really uh, truly expressed it but that stuff's all at play um, but either way this is somebody uh, if I remember correctly um, Kamatani's debut match was actually against Momo uh, in 2019 so like this a lot of a lot of storyline elements there so um, I expect them to have a great match because it's Kamatani and it's Momo and like Kamatani was arguably the second best big match performer in women's wrestling last year and Momo's just flat out a better wrestler than her. So like think about that. So I expect them to have a great match. Um, then uh, the main event, red belt match. Oh, I expect uh, Kamatani to get the, the W and move on. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of not at the point with uh, Kamatani's not a strong storyteller. No knock against her; she's great in the ring. I think that's the thing that she's that she's missing. You could say the same for all of her uh, Queen's Quest uh, faction mates, aside from maybe Utami Washiri. But um, yeah, uh, I expect her to win, and I expect her to then drop the title to whoever they put in front of her at the time. Um, I, you know, I really would have wanted to see a full match between her and Suzu, but Suzu is facing Julia in the main event of this. Um, you know, cause Suzu beat Kamatani in the five-star Grand Prix. So that was, that was in the back pocket. If they ever want to do that. Um, but I think they kind of have to get this off of her by the time they get to, or by the time they get to the Yokohama show. So Yokohama arena show. So, um, whether it's Starlight Kid or it's Nasapoy or it's um Star or it's uh, Mina, one of them three got to take it off her. Um, and we can move on from there. Um, but yeah, um, I think she's had a hell of a run. But we're kind of we're now at the point now we got to start looking back and like, all right, do we need repeat opponents now? Um, and repeat repeat opponents have to you know beat her eventually. So that's kind of where we are with her. Uh, but a great run nonetheless. Um. Red belt title match. Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. Um, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, story goes back to a different promotion. Um, came into stardom. Literally the one year anniversary of this show. Um, Prominence showed up. Um, er, invaded stardom. At last year's anniversary show. And a year later. Suzu is in the main event uh, for the red belt mat for the red belt against Julia. Um, this, you know, I don't think that was necessarily a coincidence, but we're here. Um, the Suzu Julia stuff has been fascinating over over the last year that uh, Promise has been in stardom. Um, the Don Del Mondo in DDM stuff has been great. Um, I we we're going to get a final conclusive victory. I believe I don't think they're going to an hour long draw. 
or half hour long draw, but I think we're going to conclusive victory between Julia and Suzu. Obviously, Julia is going to win, but I think like Suzu is going to empty the gun. And I think there's a chance for her to have like the match that puts her on, um, puts her on the map, if you will, to outside of the Joshi space. I think this is a match where people see her and they can say, wow, she's awesome. She's in there with Julia. We've heard the Julia name a couple times over the last few years. We've seen her on Voices of Wrestling Top 100 a few times over the last few years. This is one of the best matches of 2023. I think they can have one of those matches. I think they're both up to the task. They're both insane. They're both don't, they both don't care about clunking their heads against each other. So, um, we're going to get a great match. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think this is a great card up and down. I think you have, I think you have four matches that can all can ease or sorry. Uh, yeah. Four matches that all can compete for four stars easily. Um, so yeah, uh, so it's a, this card is, I like this card up and down more than, um, the Sumo Hall show. Uh, the Sumo Hall show, you know, for people that had uh, the outsider versus uh, stardom type of vibe, this is still there um, with Suzu and with um, with uh, Chihiro. But for the most part, like these are earned as opposed to like Haruko Masaki who just came out of fucking nowhere and she got a title shot because that's the bottom line and because Starlight Kid says so. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, they built tours of Suzu and Julia for a year. So I'm with it. Like the Kamatani and Momo thing has the history of Kamatani's debut in 2000, summer 2019 to now. Um, the nine you versus, uh, Micah and Emeka, they, they built towards that in the tag league. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm ready for it. Um, it's like their first time they have a really big show in 2023 uh, and I'm excited. Um, not going to watch this live. Unfortunately, uh, my brother's birthday is, uh, actually the fourth. So I'll be celebrating his birthday with him, but best believe I will be away from my phone. So if any of you assholes message me on the fourth, just know I'm going to either ignore you or cuss you out. It is what it is, but that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Y'all. Um, next week, I think it's another solo show. We'll see what Rich's uh, availability is. I think, pretty sure this is another solo show, but I'll give you all the updates on, uh, new beginning in, uh, in Sapporo. I'll give you dynamite. I'll give you, um, a Supreme fight, um, 2023 reviews and all that kind of stuff. And, um, then we'll be back with the regular schedule programming. Um, I believe Rich will come back and we'll do the award show. I'm pretty sure that's how, how we talked about it, but I'll talk to him and we'll figure that out. But thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise more app you're using to listen to this with. Um, go to our cash app, go to our PayPal. And if you can't get to that, then um, go to our show notes or, or show description and go to a link to our rare circle and you can donate there and listen to the shows on the network. Uh, besides one of radio, there is keeping the strong style, the Ricky and Clive wrestling show, grown man, watch this shit, the great consequences podcast, eight bit suplex, all things elite, great mass generator, meet the press slam and get in the ring. Also, uh, in the show notes, Rich's new album, go to the pay hip and, uh, drop whatever you, uh, can on the album. Give it a listen. 
uh, give them some feedback. Uh, really good album. So, also, I almost forgot about that. So, yeah, throw that in there. It's also uh, in the show notes, so check that out. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later.